Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to another sparkling edition of Plank of the Week. I'm delighted to say once more I'm joined by Dawn Neeson, media star of Stage and Screen, Fleet Street editor, uh, Kevin O'Sullivan, former showbiz editor, former Los Angeles correspondent, now successful talk radio host I mean it's just all going and you to, and, and, and you. me yeah, well, you know but bizarrely the bizarrely they've actually put me in charge and uh, I've got the plank here and we're going to award it later on to somebody uh, but Dawn why don't you kick us off oh, with your I'm first one well I think you should Ladies you're sitting first. in the middle pretending to be a lady right mm. okay I'm going to go for the obvious one again sorry yes. folks um, Ursula von der Leon yes is that how you pronounce well, it well I pronounce it Ursula von der Leyen she is for those who aren't quite aware she is the president of the European Commission mm. um, she's a former German politician and a doctor and she's got a face that could freeze hell at 50 paces she doesn't look like much of a laugh does no she, she doesn't is and that you- her hair or is that a hat this is the EU versus the UK, yes. and it's not a competition, honestly, on the great vaccine It's just as well it's not a competition, because we are kicking their backsides, if it was. Exactly. Well, the long and the short of it is that they were behind us by three months. They didn't quite order enough of our vaccine, the Oxford AstraZeneca one, on time. So they are three months behind us. And they now think this is us withholding vaccines from them. And in response, Ursula, the lovely Ursula, has said that, right, OK, well, seeing as you're withholding vaccines from us, we are going to tie the Pfizer vaccine, which is manufactured in Belgium, mm. up in so much red tape that you now have to go through export duty and, and loads of paperwork to get it over to the UK or any other country. So basically, it is a vaccine tit for tat. Yes. It is and also, it's a kind of, um, uh, they're, they're basically trying to make out that we need to ask their permission. Permission, absolutely. To fulfil a contract this, for this, which we have already and paid. And they're implying it's not fair, that uh, the distribution is not fair. No, no, no. What it is, is they didn't order Enough. any of our vaccines yeah. until it was three months too late. Three, three months. months after us. Yeah. So it's nothing to do with us. They are trying to punish them, us for their own uh, tardiness, their bureaucratic uselessness uh, and uh, their inefficiency. It's not our fault. It it is, but even the German media have turned on her today and said, no, this is your fault. You weren't efficient, Uh unusually, Um, and we should have ordered this at the same time. Now, there were three European countries, Holland being one of them, that tried to order the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine at the same time as us, and they were told by Brussels... No, we have to do this all together. You know, it's hard enough in this country with the arguments we're having about who should get it next. You know, should police officers get it before school School teachers? teachers, You know, should more uh, people in their 60s get it before the police and all of that? They've got to work out which countries get it. 
Never mind which people in those countries get it. <laughs> well, there's a German, there's a, you can't possibly make that fair. No. I'll tell you what's interesting that, uh, in uh, the reports of the German media now, uh, unprecedented, rounding on Absolutely. the EU, saying yeah. you are letting this continent down. Uh, in Bilt newspaper, uh, there is a German executive who works at the Pfizer factory, oh, yeah. who of course has suddenly been tied up in this red tape yeah. uh, from uh, Ursula van der Leyen. And by the way, also EU health chief Stella Kariakides. Oh, yes. Who the hell is she? Well, you know, I did a bit of research on her, and she's a former psychologist from Cyprus, right, who managed to get herself elected as an MEP at some point or other, and then sort of crossed the, the, the hall and became a health commissioner yeah, without having any kind of background in health at all. Where do they come from? Anyway, this German executive, uh, you know, flat out, you know, EU enthusiast saying, after all these years, I suddenly realise what Brexit's all about. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And, the, and, and it's like, you know, the mad thing about this, the absolute mad thing about this is that the EU has been so slow, they haven't even approved the vaccine mm. that they are rowing about. Right. They, it's, they probably will, and it will happen yeah. on Friday, but they haven't even approved it yet, whereas we did straight away, and we're getting yeah. these people's arms straight away. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've done so many things wrong in this country, I think no one would argue with that, but we seem to have got the vaccination programme oh, right. Oh, I think so. Absolutely and we right. should give ourselves some credit for that. It's, it's not a, a competition. It's a shot in the arm, you might say. <laughs> 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 yeah. See what you did See what did. Um, Take the boy out of the tabloid. But... But it's, we, we should be proud of getting something right. It's not a competition. Yep. I want all the people in the EU to get vaccinations as well. But this is turning into a, a, a pitched battle and it is just wrong because yep. people are dying. And also, um, that particular argument that they used, they started rowing back from it 100 miles an hour and they realised it actually looked quite cruel. I heard an Irish MEP who was obviously a supporter of the EU, uh, on a radio station talking about how, oh, well, this is only a negotiating position. Well, no, I'm sorry. It's what not, you're doing I, is threatening people's lives yeah, you're by saying you're going to stop people getting vaccines. Lives. And then there was that weird smear campaign. Well, the Oxford AstraZeneca one, the English one, it's only oh, yeah, 8%, they it uh, only 8% yeah. effective if you're over 65. Right. And everyone's going... No, where's that from? And they had to retract that. They had they? to retract they had to change it. Change it to yeah. uh, over fifty-five. But even that, I find very dubious. It's, 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 it is very from? dubious. It's just, it yeah. is vaccine nationalism on their part. Oh, yeah. The British one can't be that good. No, yeah. it, you know. I know, yeah. absolutely horrible. And also that phrase, vaccine nationalism, is horrible as well. It's, yeah. By the way, you know, it, why wouldn't you do your level best to get your own country vaccinated? Um, we keep hearing now from all these sort of do-gooders going, oh, but we have to vaccinate the rest of the world. Well, that's fine, but I wouldn't expect my government in this country to put other countries before no. ours. And li- linchpin, mom- linchpin moment for the EU. Uh, look at how many uh, died-in-the-war Remainers here, prominent Remainers, turned round and really rounded on the EU. Yeah. Uh, same for uh, people in Europe. Uh, it is handling this crisis Disastrously, absolutely, absolutely disastrously, and uh, it will, uh, I think, exacerbate its decline. I well, let's not forget. I think this might be the beginning of the well, end. Well, I mean, it. I think Britain well, leaving was the beginning of the end, but let's not forget what happened way back at the beginning when Northern Italy was the sort of hotspot for COVID infections, and the Italians, who knew they had a really big problem, asked the Germans and asked the EU for help. And mm. you know what they did? They shut the borders. Yeah. yeah. And they said, "No, sorry, mate, yeah. you're on your own." Mm. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is a, a simple supply and demand issue. We ordered three months ahead of you. We ordered enough for the population. We are getting it now. Yes. It's not we are taking precedence over no. you, Ursula. Yeah. So no. what, they, what they didn't do is what should they, should have, they should have said, this isn't going right. They should have tried to fix their own house. Instead, what do they do? They tried to destroy ours. Mm, exactly right. What's your first one, Kevin? 
Uh, I'm going to go for uh, David Mitchell, oh, yes. the actor and a BBC luminary. Uh, but he wrote in uh, sun- on Sunday in the Observer the most absurd column I've ever seen, uh, and it, he, in it he said the headline on it was "I may be biased, uh, but I believe that the BBC is not uh, impartial, or it, it, um, and that it is completely unbiased as an organisation. Its news coverage is unbiased, and that's what I believe." And you think, well... How is that even worth writing? I, I know, but how could he come to believe this? How, how, what a is recent he, poll... What is he watching? Uh, a recent poll revealed that uh, 94% of, of the population of Britain mm. no longer feel the BBC is yeah. impartial. Right. Uh, obviously, David Mitchell is in the 6%. Now, I'm pointing the finger at him, but he's representative of this body of... Uh, bien-pensant metropolitan thinkers who will not hear uh, a word against A, the NHS, Mm. and B, the BBC. What's the connection between those two massive great organisations? I know they're publicly funded. They're not sallied by horrible commerce and private enterprise. Uh, But for an intelligent, Oxbridge-educated person Ah. to say uh, there is absolutely no way the BBC uh, is... Impartial. Uh, Uh, Also, do you know how in this day and age everybody always questions you and says, well, you're not an expert on that, so how would you know? I don't think that Mr Mitchell is an expert on news coverage, is he? I don't think he's ever worked in a newsroom. I don't think he's ever known anything about news stories. Funny enough, one of the people that are an expert is the new boss that's on a third of a million. We were talking about him the other week. um, he's in charge of sort of diversity oh, Ken McQuarrie, and fairness and yes. whatever. Yeah, he's meant whatever. to be in charge of impartiality. He, impartiality, yeah. and he, even he admitted the BBC was biased. Well, that's what. <laughs> you see, this is what well, does that they, mean he has to resign but, now. But yeah, this, exactly. Job done. <laughs> that's it. But so entrenched is David Mitchell and his ilk in this belief that yeah. the BBC is this kind of shining beacon of balance and fairness, that this is exactly what Mitchell was complaining about in his absurd yeah. column. Uh, in, Do you know what's interesting, In, in the uh, uh, Observer Circulation 5, uh, he said that the BBC was so wrong to have sent all of its journalists on impartiality courses, which they have done. They said should, they should never have done that because the BBC is impartial. Oh, because they didn't need it's, to. Uh, it, <laughs> it doesn't need to do this. And by oh. doing this, it's had, it has admitted that the critics that say it's biased are correct. Well, that's, David, because they are correct. Yes. And I don't know if you watched the coverage of the Brexit saga, but I would say the BBC did not come out of that shining they really it did. like a bright exactly light fair. of no, fairness. No, their well, worst, their worst coverage, time. yeah, and also their worst coverage, was it not, of that, uh, of, the, of the Westminster kind of uh, rally, the, the night of Brexit, mm. 31st of January. Unbelievably mm. biased, where they were just absolutely pouring bucket mm. loads of the brown stuff all over anybody mm. who was there, mm. yeah. and trying to make sure they made sure they interviewed people who were a bit drunk, tried to make them look idiotic. I mean, it's really quite shameful. He thinks, that he thinks they're uh, um, balanced and fair because they support Remain. Yeah. He, he thinks, <laughs> let's cut to the chase here. He actually thinks they're balanced and fair because, A, Oxbridge educated, as you said, yeah. and, B, main employer will be... The BBC. Ooh, the BBC. Yeah, if mm. not Channel 4. Mm. Also, by the way, talking of the way that they cover things, last night, because uh, we're sitting here on a Wednesday, uh, you'll be watching this later on, the kind of uh, what I call death porn that they carried out with all the people dying from don't, uh, COVID. 100,000 people dead. That wasn't they used journalism, it. that was a religious they service. It. They used it as an excuse I... to roll out the most maudlin, mawkish, 
ghastly television. being lit. I mean, just ridiculous. At, really at a time awful. when the entire country is very aware of the appalling death toll, yeah. we're all feeling sad, we're all feeling anxious. Yeah. It is not... I, I just don't... I know it. I, I don't want I, it forced on me like that. Well, it was like... There was meant to be a news Where program. does it take the story? I, like, you know, I don't want to sound hard-hearted. Obviously, it, we, uh, ultimate sympathy for everyone who's lost a, a loved one in this horrible saga. Uh, but where does it take the story? Mm. to just go to some family and then say, oh, Dad, we loved it him. Was just cr- kids crying, no. mum crying, over to another family, distraught Because this crying. will show all you people I mean, who think the lockdown the shouldn't be happening. Where That's it? what they're doing it for. It's absolutely awful, absolutely disgraceful. Mm. Uh, and also, by the way, talk of impartiality. What about the latest uh, infraction from the Northern Ireland branch of the BBC and where they managed to cover the funeral of an IRA uh, former terrorist and call him an IRA veteran, veteran. right? Mm. I, I mean, sorry. I mean, I'm, you know, I think case closed, Mr. Mitchell. Well, I'm going to go. This is the organisation uh, that not so long ago said that we shouldn't call uh, members of ISIS terrorists. Yeah, the language is so important. It certainly <laughs> is. Yeah, so, well, so we should. <laughs> yeah. Well, they are. Let's face it. Um, I'm going to go with Lisa Nandy as my first nomination. I don't think she's made it into the plank list for quite some time. Uh, she famously appeared in the tent of Common Sense down in Westminster. And she actually sat, if you haven't watched it, I would recommend that you go find it on YouTube. Me interviewing, interviewing Lisa Nandy, where uh, she keeps saying to me um, that we don't have a deal. Um, and I said, uh, but that's because you haven't voted for a deal. You keep voting the deal down. She says, no, we've never voted against the deal. And I said, but you voted it down three times. Theresa May's gone to, to Brussels. She's brought it back and you voted it down three times. No, that's not the deal. And then I say, well, what have we got now? Well, at the moment, we've got a deal. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. It's the most ludicrous thing you've ever seen. And eventually, at some point, she says to me, I think you've just been difficult now. Um, <laughs> this, which, is, this is up with the, your Femi interview, some, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> to which some people have said you should try living with it, but that's another story. Anyway, she's in it this week for, for several reasons. She appeared first, and she is, let's not forget, the Shadow Secretary of State for Foreign and Commonwealth Affairs. That means that she is effectively the Shadow Foreign Secretary, right? Mm-hmm. However... Um, she does not act like that because she continually makes references to Boris Johnson um, and to Donald Trump and to Joe Biden, which are, quite frankly, pretty incendiary. She gave an interview to Julie Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio in which she said that Joe Biden doesn't like Boris Johnson because basically, you know, he's been disparaging uh, to Barack Obama and effectively racist to Barack Obama. Well, she would know it, that because she's yeah. very close to both men, isn't well, she? And then, but then she also said, well, I would know about racism having uh, been on the receiving end of it. You know, we know that she comes from an ethnic minority background, but I don't think she, as a, as a shadow cabinet minister, should be making those kinds of assertions, right? She basically said that because um, Barack Obama removed the Churchill statue from the White House when he was president, and when Boris said he understood that because of his Kenyan background, she made out that that was racist, racist which, yeah. of course, it wasn't. She also said that Boris Johnson was wrong to declare culture wars on British people uh, by saying it was wrong to, um, to, to urinate on and to deface Churchill's statue. She's also been filmed in another interview saying, uh, refusing to say whether Churchill was good or evil, like she couldn't make up her mind. And, I mean, this is the trouble with some of these Labour politicians. They will not give up this ridiculous point of view that they've got for fear of upsetting people in their party. Mm. You know, like Keir Starmer today, uh, also on uh, Holocaust Memorial Day, said, oh, well, of course, we commemorate that and all the other genocides that have taken it's, place. Yeah. Well, that's not what today is for. No, and I think Lisa not. Nandy needs to she's, sharpen she's, up her act. I think she's bafflingly overrated. I don't yeah. understand why everyone lords 
and fawns and admires her. I just don't get it. What has she ever said or done no. that, to, to warrant being rated as one of Labour's rising stars? Well, I tell she, you, she, she ever ran. gets the reins, it's a disaster. Oh, I know. Do you remember she ran against Keir Starmer, I think, didn't she? Mm. Yeah, For the yeah of course she did, yeah. Mm. But, you know, got rode out there, but was to, uh, considered a very serious contender. You know, this is the face of the new Labour Party, you know, uh, ethnic background, a working class, all that. Fine, good, good. Uh, but is she any good? Is she, does no. she strike me as that bright? Does she say anything useful? No. She fails on all, all uh, fronts. And I don't understand why people talk of her in such glowing terms. I just don't get it. No, I don't get it either. But she's on my plank list. That's good enough for me. Who's your second one, Dawn? Right. The second one is I'm going to go for the... Um, Leicester University. Oh, yes. They have axed Chaucer to focus on <laughs> diversity in their English syllabus. Well, you don't want to study Chaucer if you can you study d- English, absolutely do you? Absolutely, no. Um, it's yeah, George the Poet. Replace him with George yeah, the yeah. Poet. That's, where, yeah. that's the way to go. Yeah. They are trying to stop teaching the med- medieval English in favour of a decolonised curriculum. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I did, I did A-level English and I studied Can Chaucer and I still haven't got a clue what's going on. Just going to say one thing, Dawn. Uh, at the University of Leicester, or the University of Woke, as they're calling yeah. it, uh, they are no longer called students. They are called citizens of change. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I'll how tell you does what, this happen in these places? I know. People in universities are supposed to be intelligent. I know. But well, you know what's interesting is that apparently a few years back, 10 years I think ago, when I was reading this, this story, I found this out, they were trying to pitch themselves as one of these new modern mm, thinking mm. kind of, you know, very successful new universities, uh, which were going to attract loads of foreign investment, loads of foreign students. And they were looking at trying to peak with a population of students of about twenty-five to 30,000. And they've only now got about 2,000 because people aren't going there because it's a waste of time well, and money. Yeah. I mean, basically, citizens of what? Citizens of? S- uh, citizens of change. Of change. Cock for short, then. <laughs> yes. Basically. That's very true. Well, I mean, well I mean, spotted. Sort of like Chaucer. I know he's joined up thinking that. But Chaucer, you know, I don't understand. It's very complicated. But he wrote in yeah. Old English rather than Latin. Right. So he was talking to the ordinary people, right. which obviously universities don't like people he doing He swears now. a lot as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I seem to remember when I was a kid, there and, was and a was, show. Do you remember it? There yes. was a TV show. Yeah. Which I remember watching as a fairly young teenager because it was quite bawdy. Well, the Canterbury Tales, the classic, everybody knows it, everybody's heard of it. And the lessons involved in that, it's it's not very very, um, diverse, it's not very PC. But the lessons involved are lessons that affect all of us. It's about life, it's about love, it's about lying. It's all the lessons you need to learn in life. It's funny, it's bawdy. And there's even a history of feminism in there. Mm. The Wife of Bath. The Wife of Bath. Top bird. Gap didn't take, toothed, as they didn't, described absolutely, it. He didn't take any rubbish, rubbish, no. I said rubbish, any rubbish from men at all, was her own woman. Mm. So what is wrong with teaching right. kids that? Exactly. And also, I'm not a massive history buff, but I don't think there was that much colonisation of the world going on well, by no. the British Empire. No. When the Wife of Bath was riding around on the back of a donkey. No. I mean, you can learn so much from it, and the fact that it is not that PC is utterly ridiculous. It's a classic. It really is unbelievable. I mean, I'm actually now actively encouraging my older teenage boy not to bother going to university. He might as well just get a job, because, you know, quite frankly, that's where we are now. If you've got uh, teenage kids, why the hell should they go to pay loads of money to these woke 
absolute idiots who are going to teach them absolutely nothing. Mm. They're going to warp their brains. They're going to turn them into complete sponges totally. who can't stand up for themselves, you know, without a backbone. And it's, this is no point. Well, I, I didn't go to university. It never did me any right. harm. <laughs> well, we saw that story, didn't we, about Tony Blair's son, Ewan. Um, who's now gone into business for himself, multi-millionaire. I mean, of course, the fact that he's Tony Blair's son probably hasn't done him any harm. But he didn't go to college you either. You should cash those shares in right away because well, that company's going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never known. No, you may be an expert in many things, but personal finance is not yeah, one of them. Yeah, but do you see the company? Yeah, yeah. It's useless. Well, I mean, it's, you say it's, it's useless. It's just a load of old woke people investing in it. Well, yeah, but he's cash getting... Cash the shares in, Yeah, but in he's you taking plenty of money out yeah. the other side Get the of money it. out now. Yeah, but he's doing Don't it. Don't wait. He's doing it. This time next year, anyway, it'll be worth nothing. Anyway, don't pay attention company. to this man's financial advice, whatever you do. <laughs> no. um, what is your, who's your second plank, Kevin? I'm going to go for uh, our old favourite, Prince Harry. Yes. A man of limited intellectual ability uh, who is getting involved in things he does not understand. Mm. So he's taken Archwell, uh, his organisation that he's formed with uh, his wife, Meghan, uh, to do good. Yeah. To, they're going to uh, spread well-being around the world uh, and they have teamed up now with the UCLA Centre for Critical Internet Inquiry oh, yeah. UCLA what? University of College Los Angeles yeah. University of California Los Angeles uh, the Centre for Critical Internet Inquiry is a well-known uh, hard-left political activist group who want to censor anyone with whom they disagree yeah. in the manner of these they things. They like all that. So what they? this uh, organisation is dedicated to is going through uh, Twitter, Facebook, the internet and looking for people who they say are uh, guilty of hate speech, like for example uh, President Trump, former President Trump, uh, and having them taken down. So this is an organisation dedicated to stopping voices they disagree with. In other words, they are dedicated to censorship. Mm. So uh, by allying with the UCLA Centre for Critical Internet Inquiry, uh, Harry and Meghan have teamed up with a censorship organisation. They are now actively pursuing the censorship of free speech. And Harry doesn't understand this uh, because he's too stupid. Yeah. And he's making these speeches to us and they're going in a very, very bad direction. And somebody, perhaps with more brains than him, has got to sit him down and say, you can't do this. And for that matter, uh, they've got to sit to Megan down, who's probably a bit brighter than her than him, but is no great shakes. I these think she's two, certainly got more street these, smarts these than two are, These two are now... Yeah. This is a member of the royal family. Two senior members of our royal family have now uh, uh, gone into partnership with an organisation dedicated to crushing mm. freedom of speech. But also, That's I love right. the fact that they represent what they regard as, you know, the right side of the argument. And anyone who disagrees with their argument is, in some ways, mm. a horrid individual, yeah. Yeah. right? Because some of the worst uh, abuse I've ever received from anyone uh, is from their supporters. Mm. If you are critical of Harry and Meghan on Twitter. I don't know if you've oh, suffered no, from absolutely, this. Yeah, some no, of the most awful are. things. I yeah. mean, you know, I'm a big boy. I can take it. I don't really care. But, you know, there's some pretty vile people yeah. out there. Mm. And they all do it in the name of Meghan Markle yeah. and Prince Harry. Yeah. And, and you the, think they the shut down their own trolls before they actually start telling everybody else to shut up. I'm just, I'm just processing this, though, because they are sort of like a, that hard-left organisation mm. that they're subscribed to. Mm. So the sort of hard-left organisation that not that long ago will be chopping the heads off of people like Prince Harry for being royal. Well, that's it. Okay. He doesn't seem to think that well, in his position as the most on that one. probably white, privileged male in the world, or certainly exactly, one of the top yeah. ten, 
um, that he shouldn't really be talking He's about. He's the definition, and, 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 isn't he? You know, we all know about the drawbacks that you've just been discussing, Mike, of, of Twitter and Facebook. You know, these can be very, very unpleasant environments where people attack each other, troll each other, make life a misery for some people. But they are, in the end, forums for freedom of speech. Mm. Uh, and the fact they're now starting to shut people down, like Trump, uh, is extremely worrying. Uh, and Harry and Meghan say, oh, Twitter's toxic, it's toxic. Uh, because uh, the, their definition of toxic is because it allows people to say things with which they do mm. not they agree. agree. Yes. And, just... you know, frankly, they can do one. You know, you, you've got <laughs> to allow people to say things that you don't mm. like. And these I mean, two people rather, do not have I the intellectual people, capacity to deal with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I would rather people were much more pleasant to one another on Twitter, but unfortunately that's not the way it is and that's not the way people it's are. Not, absolutely. You can't then say, and, I mean, what do you think is happening to the Donald Trump movement, as it's been spoken about by himself, Donald Trump? He's talked about the political movement, but they haven't gone away. People aren't just not going to remember who he was no. because he hasn't been able to tweet for a couple of weeks. I mean, it's absolute madness. Anyway, that's a good one. Prince Harry's never far from the planks list in, uh, in my world. Bless him. I think last year, in fact, at some point or other, either he or Meghan or the two of them together were in at least every other week. I, I think more. we literally combined I I them, didn't just we? Just to sort of rarify exactly why I'm not... It's, I'm nominating Prince Harry for plank of the week because he's too thick to speak. OK, well, that sounds like a good reason for him to shut up for a while. <laughs> Perfect thing, then, The isn't plank it? is, I mean, he is the, the intended recipient. 
So Lord, the, the Lord Don Foster, right? So by my calculation, even if he was only averaging 50 grand a year as an MP, and we now know, of course, they get about 86,000. Mm, he did that expenses. job for 23 years, right? Now, even if you call that 50,000 flat every year, which I'm sure it's much more than, he's made in excess of a million and a half quid from the taxpayer, right, in his time as an MP. Yeah. So you can probably double that with the expenses. And also before that, guess what he did? He was a councillor. So oh. he was also on the old public money gravy train. Now he's in the House of Lords. He was elevated to that in 2015. He'd been there for six years. He now, I think I'm right in saying you get money from the House of Lords, appearance money for showing up in the chamber. Grid. But now you don't even have to do that. But you do get money if you speak in a debate. Yeah. And he you spoke get a free computer. They can go and they also get free laptops, laptops because, of course, they haven't got laptops. Unlike the impoverished kids in this country. Yeah, who and can't the Lord's get laptops. Got one. And there's a lot of them. I know. More than 800. Oh, that's <laughs> just ridiculous. And he's also a Lib Dem. Now, oh. <laughs> it might not surprise you to know Rare. that he's been on the attack uh, on, uh, uh, on the House of Lords uh, time this week. And he's been on the attack against talk radio, believe it or not. No. He said that we, who are owned by Rupert Murdoch, which happens to be a fact, um, are waging a war against our old friends, the BBC. And he thinks, and he's accused us, and we're going to hold him to account on this one, he's accused us, as a radio station, of pumping out propaganda, right? No. Incorrect, inaccurate facts about the BBC. <laughs> we should sue him. Which we've never done, right? Well, you can't. I don't think you can sue him for anything you said in the House oh, of Lords. Yeah. So I've offered to bring him onto the station. On his Twitter account, which he hasn't used really very much since 2019, presumably from shame. But he doesn't know of, how to. Of losing the, uh, the referendum result. This is one of his, this is his second tweet, which <laughs> is a parliamentary petition which he's put out. This is the five million petition. Here's what it says. This government repeatedly claims that exiting the EU is the will of the people. We need to put a stop to this claim by proving the strength of public support now for remaining in the European Union. A people's vote must happen now. David Mitchell was referring to, to the BBC in that column that I was telling you about, and we talk about Foster now, and they all sort of revere the BBC. All the services the BBC supplies, what the BBC does for this nation, oh, it's such a treasure. What does it do that's so much better than ITV or Channel 4? What exactly does it do that is so great? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what it does. It does funeral services live on the news yeah, broadcast. That's exactly what it does better. Sure, it churns out just, a few dramas. Knocks out a few stupid reality TV shows like mm. uh, Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, runs a very biased news service. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, listen, you've forgotten Sports Why Personality of the Year. Huh? You've forgotten Sports Personality of the Year. Well, that's yeah, easy yeah. to do, to be fair. Yeah. Tyson Fury, not this year. Yeah, that, he was great for <laughs> opting out of that, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. No, but I think the thing is, again, we get this kind of, you know, establishment stooge which is what he is you know these people who you say quite rightly kevin sit in the house of lords hundreds of them right there's more lib dems in the house of lords than there are people that vote for them right because they can't even get together enough mps to form a football team right now (laughs) no but here we are with these people with their ridiculously and i'm going to call it outmoded view that the european union is the way forward it's clearly not ridiculously outmoded view that we should all pay even more money into the health service to make it even worse yeah. and less efficient than yeah. it is on the money we give it already. Yeah. And to support the BBC no matter what. And the delusion that we are going to carry on giving the BBC £157.50 yeah. a year. We are not. No, we can't. That licence fee mm-hmm. is doomed. It's either going to get massively reduced or hopefully abolished. And say, so, oh, that would be terrible. What would you do with the BBC? I'd just say, hey, BBC, great. You do do some good things. Survive on your own... Uh, wits. Yes. You know, see like how you can of, uh, see how see if you can channel. make some. I mean, this is a, this is an organisation. We talked about this in the last uh, show, I think. 
that gets billions and billions of pounds in licence fee money, and yet still, a year. and yet still makes a loss. Yeah. Three point five. Yeah, but they can't make it. They, they can't make it work. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how does because that work? they pay people in charge of diversity a third of a million pounds a year. Yeah. I know. Absolutely shocking. Back to you, Dawn, for Back your me, third uh, final this one. This is going to link seamlessly into my third plank nomination, which is drum roll. Come on, drum roll. Come on then. Thank you. The BBC. This is a. Um, it's on the educational BBC for schools yes. site, basically. Right. Which you know, kids aren't going to school at the moment. Again, wrong. But they can watch the BBC and they can learn lots of really interesting stuff. Not reading and writing and arithmetic no. or anything complicated like that. But this is a program aimed at nine to twelve-year-olds, and it's called Identity: Understanding Sexual. And gender identities. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, as I said, it's aimed at nine Yeah, because you, you need to know that stuff when you're nine, don't you? Well, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd rather nine-year-olds be able to read, but call me old-fashioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, any case, this, this concerns a person. I'm, I'm not going to misgender this person. It's a joke, by the way. Um, any case, uh, the, the person's name is Kate, and she Kate? is... Uh, Kate. Kate. sure she's a she, though? I didn't say it. I didn't gender her. Mm. It, sorry, her, them. I didn't gender that. Them, in any I case, oh my right, God, I'm so sorry, that was wrong. Nomenclature. In any case, <laughs> well, what, I mean, them. The, this the person, is it, I'm not calling anybody the them, apart called, from the band that Van Morrison used to be. The person called Kate. It's linguistically inaccurate. Asked. Yeah. Not, you can't call a single individual a plural. So no. Cope with him. Yeah, I know. Right, okay. The person called Kate yes. is asked by one of the children who looks round about nine or ten in this particular clip, how many genders are there? Hmm. Now, is it a riddle? Okay, well, now the answer that <coughs> Kate gives. Shush! Don't ruin it. She said, "She." Oh, I'm sorry, Kate. I'm sorry so to sorry. You. The person says, "We know we have got male and female." Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are over one hundred, <laughs> if not more, gender identities now. Yeah. Really. Um, yeah. This includes. Okay. Name them. This, well, I did, no, I did uh, Kev, in the name of research, I did. I got as far as bi-gender, genderqueer and pansexual and then I lost the world to live. On the now we're back to the Lib Dems I've again. I've got another one. There's don't, one called Neutroid. Neutroid? Really? Neutroid, yeah. But I don't... I, Sounds like I something you get down at quick if there's, a, if there's more than 100 genders, there must be a name for each one of them. There is a name for each one of them. Uh, is there? But Are I, you sure about that? I don't... I don't... Well, I don't think just, there is. We haven't got time, have we, to go through No, them? I'm not no, saying... No, but no, I no, bet no. you there aren't <laughs> names for all of them. But, look, if, if, if fairly sensible, adults are having trouble grasping this concept... What hope is a nine-year-old? Wouldn't it be simpler? I mean, all right, listen, if you want to believe all that... Serious? Wouldn't it be simpler to just say there isn't any gender? There is no gender. And then that way nobody has to have to worry about what gender you are. I quite like having a gender, though. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, but there's a... Yeah, but you wouldn't care if somebody said that you weren't... You had no gender. What's the difference? Well, I get called sir all the time, to be honest with you. Sir? You say sir. It's predicated on the sort of differentiation between gender and biological sex. Biological sex. sex. Now, this Uh, is Which is a new kind of way of looking at the word gender. Mm. Yes. Well, Joe Biden's a great believer in it, isn't he? He thinks that you can be whatever gender you want. Just tell us, and then we'll and then do you what join you want. The army yeah. and all join that. the army, but, but, you go to a women's prison. But the, you the, like? the person called Kate play basketball. The person called Kate is, is identity the, the sexual um, um, identity thing. But she's actually saying no, gender, male and female are genders. Right. So that's not your well, that's what a the sex good start, you're born with. So she's confusing the isn't actual. Isn't that a good sex. start? Huh? Isn't that a good start though? If she's saying that. 
Yeah, but the, the, the argument goes that it's the, 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 the physical sex you are born mm. with is different to the gender. I see. But the biological she's not, sex. Yeah, yeah. The biological yeah, I know, I know yeah. That's, that's the predication, but I, yes. I'm not sure it's that linguistically accurate. No. I'm already, it's, a new, it's a new definition. I'm already out of the I'm Zoom, new I'm already out of the of Zoom call, I'm afraid. I'm I mean, I've already, I've already muted you. A hundred, hundred different genders. It's like saying there's a hundred different packets of cigarettes. I think there was a recent, the BBC recent, not so long ago, about a year ago, said there were 109. So they're going down. If we give them about another hundred years, they'll well, be down to the right to number. Two. Two. Yeah. two, 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 <laughs> two. Mean, How many genders are Two! <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 to, I'm going to give some balance and nuance here. The BBC okay. defended itself by insisting that Kate had said... Oh, they used the word she. Interesting. BBC using the word she. Steady. Misgendering Kate. Sorry, Kate. Oh, stop it. Uh, they said that she, she had come across more than 100 different descriptions. We're not stating as oh, a fact there are. So see? when you now teach things to children... You tell them what you've heard as opposed to what's actually yeah. true. Yeah. But this is it's not a fact, is it? It's right. just their theory and they're they're bombarding. But this these is where we are now. <sighs> but this is where we are now, isn't it? Is it? Where people say this is uh, a fact and you go, actually that's not a fact. It's not a fact. That's your opinion and or uh, that's something that you think is the case, yeah. which it's, is not the same thing. It's not only an opinion, it's a rather stupid opinion. Well, exactly. And it's certainly not a fact. It's a good one though. Uh, Kevin, your final uh, Pronunciation. Well, when I want to learn more about uh, the issue of starving children in Britain, uh, there's a kind of a programme that I go to first for it. You know, you'd think maybe Newsnight, maybe Panorama, maybe the 10 o'clock news, news at 10 o'clock. No, no, no. I go to Dancing on Ice. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a, uh, a, a an idiot on it called Rufus Hound. He's a comedian. Uh, who masquerades as a comedian. Mm. Uh, and I've not, actually met Rufus Hound. Yeah, he actually, in, he's, he's actually he quite He came nice in to do guy. a couple of shows, I think. Oh, it's he's, a nice bloke. he's a nice bloke. Yeah, but he's a I bit think misguided. He's, he's misguided. Yeah. Uh, and he thought that he's, a, he's, a, he's lucky enough to be a contestant on Dancing on Ice. When you say lucky, I presume you're being ironic. Well, you know, for somebody as obscure as, obscure as him to get 100 grand to skate around the ice for a few weeks, it is a bit of luck, and to raise your profile. Anyway, he, he did his routine, and, uh, and uh, Philip Schofield said to him something like, the host that is afterwards. Oh, that was insane! Anyway, don't tell me about insane, mate. We live in a country that just doesn't care about starving children. <laughs> and it's like it's dancing on ice, you idiot! So maybe be talking about his triple axel or something. I mean, but, but this is an obsessive virtue signaling. Yes, I'm on this. Yeah, but you know TV program. better than I do, right? And you do as well, Dawn. I presume that would have all been scripted, wouldn't it? No, 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 no. Are you sure? this, is, this is the post. Post yeah, no, 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 it's the really? post-dance interview. Because I would argue that the reason it. this guy gets into it in the first place, because he's thought to be, I mean, I always thought of him as a slightly, um, probably left of centre, but quite left. kind of... But, <laughs> but, left! No, but hang on, but hang on, but quite sort of uh, whimsical and quite kind of, uh, I would say, establishment challenging to make fun of stuff, right? Not to be part of some woke agenda. Well, um, he is a woke... He's yeah, a woke, he's a know, woke lefty. He's, well, he's never struck me as that bad. But they don't script those lefty. interviews. Really? And, buy, and trust me. Are you me, sure? I know for a fact. I bet you that's how he got the gig. No, no, no. They no. went, you know, because if he'd said, 
you know, I'm a man. They're, right they're very, very, uh, they're very angry about mm. it. They do not, after the diversity dance, right. uh, the Black Lives Matter shuffle that got them into I so thought ITV were very proud of that. Uh, well, they were not chuffed about no, that. No, not when they saw the figures. Yeah, uh, biggest number of complaints ever about a single television programme. Basically, the viewers do not want... Uh, political statements on light entertainment shows. They don't f- tune into bl- uh, uh, Britain's Got Talent to watch a kind of de- political demonstration on behalf of George Floyd. Mm. And they don't tune into Dancing on Ice to hear some two-bit lefty no, they, comedian they droning on about starving children. Uh, so for absolutely uh, c- causing great harm to his own career and for t- choosing exactly the wrong <laughs> well environment. Well done, Rufus. Yeah, yeah, environment to talk about starving children uh, to virtue signal your own marvellous <laughs> left credentials. Rufus. Rufus Hound, you are the unfunny Has he been of the kicked week. off the show now as well? No, no, there, there was... There no, were yeah, he had to, to self-isolate. I did, a, I did a handover with him once or twice. I feel quite sort of... Uh, that was quite, a bit... Quite unwell now. I used to work with him on Richard and Judy as oh. well. He's a nice enough guy, but he's just misguided. You don't have to virtue signal your own political just, just, credentials. Yeah, but how skate. thick are these people? It's really just thick. Skate. Really thick. Also, it's kind of embarrassing if you're supposed to be some kind of cutting-edge comedian to go on a show like that, isn't it? I mean, where's his self-belief? Well, he's not where's very his... cutting-edge, is Well, he? no, that's the problem. Well, my one, talking about entertainment, my final nominee uh, is Disney, because uh, it may no. or may not have come to your attention that... Um, over the course of Christmas, they re-evaluated some of their live streaming oh, okay. um, works, right? And what they've decided is that children under seven should not be allowed to watch some films which might upset them without them having an adult in charge. What, like The Exorcist and stuff like yes, that? Yes, you would think, you know, mm. like uh, Scarface, you know, yeah, sort of, you yeah, know uh-huh. gunplay. It's not, you know, though, The is chainsaw it? scene, all yeah, that. It's not no, that. No, no, it's not that, no. no. Do you know what they've, they've said they can't watch on their own? Peter Pan. Oh, well, the crocodile's a bit iffy. The Aristocats. No. One of my favourites. Oh. And, of course, Dumbo. Three of the most disgraceful films ever made. Full of racial stereotypes. Full of racial stereotypes, sexual scenes, you know, misappropriation of drugs. I mean, I can't believe... You can't access them now, can you? If you're a child, unless you have your parental... uh, system, you know, because you can you can set yeah, yeah, various yeah. locked yeah. systems on them. You cannot access if you've got a child's account, which a lot of kids have yeah. on Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Netflix, for example, doesn't have parental controls, which is a bit of a problem for some parents. Um, but if you've got a child, if you set up an account for one of your kids, and if they're under seven, so they can watch the TV while you're cooking dinner for your loving so family, I, I, they're not allowed to watch those three films. So, so what little on kid? Their own. So what the, little cat, the cats, they don't like the um, We Are Siamese, we are Siamese if you please. Presumably, yeah. The but racial what stereotypes. Peter Pan, they don't like the, the Native Americans. Uh, who are the Redskins, isn't yeah. it, how they refer yeah, to Yeah, they're not allowed to call them that. No. I mean, it's just ridiculous, though, isn't it? But what little kid is just going to watch that and think that? They're not. They're no. going to see cats that sing. They're going to see an elephant that flies. Yeah. It's, a, it's fun. And also, genuinely, it's not really for seven-year-olds. It's more for kind of three- and four-year-olds. It's just like watching yeah. cartoons. It's a cartoon! I, 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 oh, it's just so sad. Let, let them be little kids and let them enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you know, they can't watch The Terminator yet. So let, let them watch the Aristocats. Actually, actually, Disney might have a point, though, because I do have an issue that all the witches in Disney films look a little bit like me. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought you bothered yourself they're all Cruella de Vil, actually. I thought mi- it was 101 Dalmatians. I know, yeah, like. I would be quite like that, actually, yeah. But they're, mm. all, they're all fairly ugly middle-aged women, aren't they? So what's that about? I think you're if being we're going down yourself. this road, 
if we're going down this road, they Sexist. need to stop now. Yeah. Huh? Sexist. Sexist. Yeah. Sexist. Ageist. Exactly. So mm-hmm. here we are. We're at that point. We've got nine. Oh, blimey. We'll carry one over from last week, obviously. Um, I can't remember who we carried over last week, but I think it might have been Prince Harry, even though he was, uh, he's, he's now back. in the this week. So, um, Dawn, why don't you tell Kevin what your three are and he can pick one. Right, my three were, they were obviously in reverse order. They were the BBC and 100 Gender Identities. They were the University of Leicester for cancelling at the Canterbury Towers in Tulsa. Oh, yes. And they were Ursula von der Leyen. Oh, yes. Who um, basically is starting vaccine wars. Just what we need. So for me to Kevin, choose, yes. You choose. Uh, well, uh, all very, very strong choices. Okay. Uh, but I'm going to go for Ursula. It's got to be Ursula. Definitely yeah, Ursula so. for the most outrageous vaccine nationalism yes. mm-hmm. uh, that was pure jealousy mm-hmm. and uh, a classic example of the EU when it screws up blaming everyone mm. else and not fixing their own house mm. trying to destroy ours uh, trying to show that Britain made a big mistake losing uh, leaving the EU but in fact revealing that it was the best thing we ever did I think that's going to be yeah. hard to beat for number one yeah actually. well you know, you know yeah, it's a good choice I'm on a winning streak you are you won last week <laughs> I, I did too yeah, you did. Uh, Kevin you give me your three and I'll pick one uh, my first was David Mitchell yeah. uh, for being a very intelligent Oxbridge educated person mm. who actually believes uh, that the BBC is fair <laughs> and balanced. <laughs> I mean, he's the real comedian yeah. around here, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Get him yeah. on Dancing yeah. on Ice immediately. Yeah. You're a funny guy, David, <laughs> but you've never been funnier than that. Uh, uh, my second was Prince Harry uh, for aligning uh, the Archwell Foundation with a, an organisation called the UCLA Centre for Critical Internet Inquiry, yeah. which is a hardline left group that wants to censor free speech on uh, the internet and social media. Mm. Um, my third was the absurd comedian Rufus yes. Hound uh, for uh, <laughs> using Dancing on Ice <laughs> as a political forum <laughs> to state his concerns yeah, about I mean, starving children. Normally speaking, I'd put Rufus Hound right up there, but I, I've got to go with Prince Harry. I just have to, because, oh. I mean, Prince Harry... I think you're right, I Nick. think is the bigger plank out of those three. I think it's very sinister. Yeah. A dim person being led down yeah. a sinister path. Yeah. He, he, does, he knows not what he does. No. Somebody's like, got to he's stop got Stockholm no. Syndrome or something like yeah. that. Mm. So, Dawn, would you mind picking one of mine from these? Right. Lisa Nandy the Shadow Secretary of State for Foreign Affairs, yeah. Lord Foster of Bath, mm-hmm. Don Foster. Don, and, uh, I like how Don suits him, sorry. <laughs> Don. And Disney, of course. I, I, no, I know, I, I, I'm going to go for Disney, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. I am going to go for Disney. Just right. Let little kids be kids, let them watch films and enjoy it. Exactly right. Well, that's good. So our three then are Fondelia, as we like mm. to call her, uh, Prince Harry and Disney. What do you reckon? Uh, well, I hate to make Dawn the winner again, but I, know. I, w- I would go for her. Yeah. She keeps coming back for more. Yeah, keep yeah, keep yeah. encouraging her. She'll be back next week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's got to be von der Leyen, hasn't it? Yeah. Because the EU's the story this week. Big yes. story. Prince Harry has to be number two then. Yeah. Um, because Disney, while being absolutely utterly ridiculous, is nowhere near as important as those first two. No, yeah. I, I agree that I the Harry situation could be dangerous. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, any case, I'll win. Who cares? So here we go. So, so we've got um, not unusually Prince Harry is number two. Uh, we've got Disney, the company uh, for streaming the wrong films to kids, is number three. But the winner of Plank of the Week this week, Ursula von der Leyen. Well done. We'll see you next week. <laughs>